and you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Hey man, I'm really excited about this morning. Um, we are continuing, I'm going to be continuing uh, our discussion on the Beatitudes this morning. And I want to do something, wow, this is a beautiful beautiful group of your people this morning. That's awesome. Yes. I agree. <laughs> I want to bring you in uh, to my life. I, 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 I say this all the time to people who are close to me. I live my life as an open book. I don't really know other way to do that. That's um, just kind of who I am. So I'm going to bring you in to my heart and what's been happening in my heart for the last about month now. And so one of the things you need to know is it's super fresh. Like this, this word that you're hearing this morning is really fresh off the altar of my heart. So like, um, I, I, I feel like it has, it carries creative power. Like, cause when we know when the Lord speaks, his words create, carry weight and creative power. So it has power this morning for you. It's fresh. Um, it's fresh for me. So I just, I'm really excited. We're in Matthew five still. Um, so if you have your Bibles, open up to Matthew five and I'm going to continue with what Pastor Gio was talking about last week. Are blessed of the pure. Well, as you're getting there, I want I want to do some specific things. The Lord, the word of the Lord for me this for me this morning was intentionality. He said to be intentional. So like I want to, I'm trying very hard this morning to to be intentional with the words I say and and how I say them and where I even lead you where we, where I lead us in this conversation. Um, and so I want to I want to do some teaching. I want to tell my story a little bit. I want to go back to some teaching. And then I want to give you, at the very end, I want to give you tangibles. I want to give you some tools to leave with this morning. Now, I know this house, we don't always give, like, practical tools. And that's actually for a purpose. The Lord spoke this to me this week. He said, it's, it's, because we'll say things like, and, you know, this is us, so we can, we're family. We're like, you just need to abide in Jesus. Like, just, just find him and, and, and rest in his presence. Well, like, if you're like me, Sometimes I'm like, what does that mean, okay? Give me something a little bit more concrete, okay? Abide in Jesus. I don't even know what that, like, show me. But the Lord spoke to me. He said, sometimes you actually need to point someone to the Lord instead of a tool. Because if for me, my temptation is I will go directly to the tool and bypass the Lord. Or rather, if I can provoke you to go unto the Lord, he will actually give you the tool. And so sometimes you're like, why is it so vague? It's because it's meant to lead you to a person, not a principle. And so, but this morning, you're in luck because I am going to give you some principles. Like, I do feel like th this is specific this morning. And um, before we get started, let's just pray. Let's just pray. I, I, I don't always do this, but this morning it's, it's happening. Um, Holy Spirit, I love you. And Lord, I just ask this morning, that you would speak, you would speak, Lord. God, any spirit that is not the Holy Spirit would leave right now in Jesus' name. And that you would make this your place, Father. In your name we pray, amen. Matthew 5, he says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. It's really interesting, the word pure here. The word pure literally means 
unadulterated, like unming, un, un, unmingled with other things. It's like unpolluted. You think of like, like water and oil, like they get mixed together or water and dirt. It's, it's, it's completely separated. The word pure means separated from that. And it says those who are like, whose hearts are pure, unmingled with the things of this world, sin as we know, he says they will see God. I looked up the word see God. I, just, I felt the Holy Spirit lead me in it. One of the translations could be appropriated. Those who are pure in heart will actually attend to the Lord. The word see could mean attend to the Lord. And I so feel this for this morning, this week, this year, that the Lord is asking his bride, will you be purified so that you can properly attend to me? Will you be purified so you can accurately approach, see me, and attend to my needs? Not that he needs us, but he has so designed this thing that we carry out his will upon the earth. And we see this in the Old Testament as the priests had to go through a process to purify themselves before they could enter in to the Holy of Holies. And he's asking us this morning, are you willing to be purified at the beginning of the year? Um, I had this word for is right like it was around February, right when all this stuff started going crazy. Um, and I had this word before all the, the big prophets had it, so they copied off of me, not them. But I said, This year there's gonna be a shaking. And I, I, I said it, I said it first, okay? So uh, I said, There's gonna be a shaking this year. And here's what I saw I saw, like, have you ever seen a, um, oh no. A, a, uh, a guy who goes to like the mountains and he dips the, the thing in the stream and he's like shaking it, panhandler, to find the gold. You see, he says, the Lord said there's going to be a shaking. What's happening is in the Lord's pan, there's gold, but there's also a lot of rocks and dirt. And through this year, through trials that will continue to come, he's shaking his church and he's seeing which ones will have the weight to remain and which ones will fall through the crack. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, it's not like a for sure, like either you have it or you don't. The net, the screen that you fall through is an invitation. It's constantly, all, it's always an invitation. So if you're a rock in that pan, you have an invitation to become gold, which stays with the Lord. And so every time there's a shaking, know this, that it's the Lord giving you a divine invitation for your heart to be once again purified so that you can uh, properly attend to his needs. There's a shaking happening. Then, like a month and a half or so ago, Pastor Gio and I were on the stage on a Wednesday night. Man, if you're not coming to prayer on Wednesday nights, like, what are you doing? I'm just, I'm just saying, like, come on. I know we, we, we say this and we really mean it, that Sundays are great, but... It's, it's beginning to, I, I feel this in my spirit that Wednesday nights are becoming almost like the heartbeat, the backbone of our house. Does that make sense? Like, it's like pure of who we are as people. So, man, if you want to just come and receive, it's, it's great. Um, but we were up here on a Wednesday night and, and the Lord spoke to me this word and he says, I'm sending, and I, I began to prophesy, he said, I'm sending revival fire to the church. I said, Yes. Sounds great. And he says, before that, I'm sending purification fire. Because understand this, the Lord longs for revival to move. But the Lord also goes from glory to glory. And I just don't believe it's his will for revivals to spring up and then, and then fizzle out. 
And oftentimes when you study revivals of the past, they fizzle out because of man's error and man's inability to bend pride in his own heart. And so the Lord is tired of that. It's what I feel in my heart. And so what he's going to do from in, in this new season is before he sends the, the revival fire that we all long for, he's going to purify so that the revival that he sends can actually be stewarded well. And that should encourage you because that means the next revival to hit this world will be one that carries us to when Jesus splits the eastern sky. That's what I believe. And so for me, I'm like, yes, Lord. So I gave that word. It felt amazing. If I ever give a word, you're just like, yes, that felt so good. Little did I know later that night, I'd be laying in bed and the Lord would speak to me. He said, and I'm starting with you. I was like, no. <laughs> so he said, I'm starting with you. And so the Lord began to speak to me about how he desires for me to be pure. And I felt this like weight in my heart, this, this call, if you will, for purity. And, and, and for some of the people who are close to me, they know I've been walking. This is something I've been walking for the last month or so. And so I just want to show you and I want to tell you what I did and what you shouldn't do. Uh, and then I want to give some tools for you. So I am a very kind of introspective person, very self-aware of like, my own internal stuff, like what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling. Um, I'll kind of laugh about it sometimes. My wife and I are almost flipped. I know that the stereotype is that the woman is super in touch with her feelings and the man's kind of like a bumbling buffoon. But it's actually, I'm really, she's not the bumbling buffoon, but I am really in touch with my feelings, but sometimes she doesn't really know. It's, it's fine. See, I can say that because I'm up here and she can't get me, you see? Um, but so... I felt this call in my heart to purity. And so I did what I knew kind of to do. And I just like, well, I'm going to turn that self-analytic analyzing thing to 11. And I will make sure that every act, every action, every feeling is like, I'm going to capture those thoughts. And I'm going to like make them submit. I'm going to crucify my flesh. And so for about two weeks, I went hard. Okay. And like, I really, really tried and I, I would analyze every feeling that I had, every motive. I would be like, okay, well, why am I thinking that? And this and that, and it's because of this and this. And I'll just tell you by two weeks, by the end of two weeks, I was tired. I was frustrated. I was worse. Okay. Like I was I'm trying to purify myself to get better, to become more like Jesus, and I'm becoming more crabby, more like impatient, more offended. I'm, my, I'm more sensitive now. And then one day I was at um, one of our friends' house and we were having a worship meeting and I was playing an instrument and the Lord just said, hey, I want you to just put down your instrument and I just want you to pray and talk to me. And so I found a little corner and I just knelt down and started praying. And after a while, he showed me this picture, this head. And in this vision, I saw myself standing there. And the person, the, I, I, this, this me had a rag that was like dipped in tar, if you will. It was dirty, it was filthy, and it was like dripping black. And I was rubbing it on myself, like scrubbing vigorously. 
but the, the person who was doing it, they didn't know that the, the rag was filthy. They were trying to get clean, and I was scrubbing and rubbing and, and all this stuff, and I was getting more and more frustrated and angry and, and whatever, and I could see myself, and the Lord says, this is what's happening. And then immediately, maybe you've had this moment, the scripture that I've heard all my life became instantly really real. And he says, your righteousness is but filthy rags. And I saw in a moment, I didn't know I was doing this. I thought I was doing the right thing, trying to become pure. And the Lord says, you are trying to purify yourself when it was never your job to do so. And your righteousness that you think you can like analyze your thoughts and change your heart, it's getting nowhere and it's actually making things worse. But yet I still felt this need, this call, this weight for purity. And so I remember on my knees at this person's house and I'm like crying, literally crying, snotting on their carpet. I'm like, well, Lord, I, didn't, I need to be pure. And if I can't be pure, then what am I going to do? And out of my belly just rose this cry, Lord, create in me a pure heart. And I'll just tell you that I had to get like at the very end of my rope of myself to finally say, Lord, create in me a clean heart. And he's like, finally, finally, now we can go to work. And from that moment, because let me just bring you into a little bit of me. And like I said, I'm an open book. I so you kind of have two two camps. You would have the people who would say you are dead to sin, you're alive in Christ, you know, you, sin is not a slave to you anymore and all this sort of stuff, and, and you, don't, you don't fight against sin, you just, you know, whatever. And I, on the other hand, was like, no, we co-labor, we crucify our flesh and all this sort of stuff, and if I try, if, if I, will, I will crucify my flesh, beat down my sin, obviously I know I can't do it, then the Lord will come in and pick up the slack. Because I just couldn't deal with the other side with like the you don't do anything. I was like, you gotta give me something to do, okay? Like, that, that sounds nice, that sounds pretty, but what do you say to the guy who's struggling with pornography? Like, well, just, you know, you're dead to sin. Like, okay, what do I do tonight, okay? Give me something, okay? So I always feel on this side where it was like, no, you try, and then through his mercy and grace, he'll come and help you. And I just wanna let you know, I tried to walk that puppy out, and it didn't walk that far. And I asked the Lord, I said, why God, like, did for my entire life that, that I kind of believe that and, and walk it out and even, like, had become, had grown in righteousness and, and he allowed me to, he said, because there was a grace on your life to do that and I, I did fill in the gap. But as soon as he spoke the word of purity, that, my, that, that, that lesser revelation could, not, could no longer stand. Does that make sense? As soon as the word of purity went forth, everything that did not look like him could no longer have place in my life. And so this morning, for you, for our house, I feel this word of purity. Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they shall attend to the Lord. He is speaking this, and no longer can a lesser revelation of his love and his truth dwell in your heart. Yeah. It has to be truth. It has to be accurate. It has to be him. It's not like, there's, no, there's not many ways. We sung about it this morning. He is literally the way. He is the only way to the Father. And so I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's work this out. 
And so I began to pray. And I didn't know what to do. I, I was like, well, maybe I'll just start reading some scripture. Um, and we're going to go. Um, turn your Bibles to Romans. Um, we'll get there in a second. But I just started like reading. I started praying. And I'm like, Lord, Lord, I, I, I need help. Okay, I need help. I, I was talking to Gio about this a lot. And we, he connected me with a pastor who kind of flows in this. And I literally sat down with him at lunch. I was like, okay, listen, here's what happened. The whole backstory you just heard. I said, here's what I believed. And I used to think you were wrong, but here I am. Teach me, like, show me what to do here. Cause like, obviously that's not working anymore. And I wanna walk through some scripture with you. I wanna do some teaching really quick. And then I wanna give you some practicals. So go to Romans six. We're gonna start in verse one. Paul says this, what shall we say then concerning, or sorry, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Here's where I want us to focus. This is kind of the crux of what the Lord has been speaking to me and showing me and the crux of this revelation that I have. He says this, or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We understand this. Jesus died as a appropriation for sin, as, as, a, as, a, as a substitutionary atonement for sin. And the Bible says that we were actually baptized into his death, covered in his death. And what does Paul say? He says, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. So think of it like this. I, I, I described this one time. I think it's a beautiful analogy that when you are baptized and, and the water baptism is significant, but I'm talking about like when Christ comes and lives within you, Paul describes it as you are baptized into him. And you think of it almost like a pool of water. This is what I actually believe happens in the spirit. You three persons, spirit, mind, and body, are literally baptized into him. And so like you are totally submerged into everything that is Christ. And so Christ literally fills every nook, cranny, crevice, like whatever of who you are as a person. And so this is why the father says that as you approach him, he no longer sees you, but he sees Jesus because you are now covered in the blood of his son. And so he doesn't see just Tyler, Tiffany, Boot. He sees Jesus, and then behind Jesus, he sees us. Does this make sense? He sees you through the lens of Jesus. And he says, you were uh, through baptism into death, that just as Christ, here we go, was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we should also walk in newness of life. I want to keep reading. I'll go down to six. I don't know if they have this or not. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died 
has been free from sin. So let me bring this home to you. Like, what are you talking about? We're trying to battle sin. This is the whole, this is the whole point of this. The Lord has a call for purity. Purity means distancing yourself from sin. It means becoming whole unto the Lord. How do we do that? The answer is it's already happened. It's done. For me, four months ago, two years ago, I'd be sitting where you're sitting as last night. No, give me something else. It's not good enough. Show me something else. There is nothing else. Anything else is a lesser revelation. It's actually not a lesser one. It's, it's an untrue one. That is the revelation. And if it frustrates you, bring it to the Holy Spirit and see what he says. And so I want to... Here, here's the thing. When you were saved, you are right now, sitting in this room, you are three persons. You are your body, which is your flesh. You are your soul, which is your mind, your emotions, and your thoughts. And you are one other component. You are spirit. And we know that when you are saved, when Christ Jesus comes to live inside of you, he only truly redeems one of those persons. It's the spirit. That spirit in you that used to be a slave to sin. I, this pastor gave a great analogy. He said, for those of you who've had like, you know, BC days before you, before you knew the Lord, he said, you would sin. He said, but would you really feel like bad about sinning? Would you feel bad about how it affected other people? Or would you maybe only think about the consequences that it would bring on you? The truth is you wouldn't really feel bad because your nature, who you were at the core, and this is the, a really important part of today, is when we talk about us, when Paul talks about himself, who he's really talking about, who's really addressing when he says Paul, is the spirit man. Because that is actually the most real aspect of your persons, is your spirit. And it's actually the most valuable, and how I know it's the most valuable, because that's the one that Jesus redeemed. If your body, your flesh is the most valuable, he would have redeemed that. But he redeemed your spirit to be alive with him forevermore. Because one day you're going to get a new body, so this one doesn't really matter. And I'm going to show you that in a second. But when you're saved, he redeems the spirit. And so this pastor was saying that before you would do things and you wouldn't really care. But all of a sudden, Jesus comes into your heart. I love the salvation experience of my dad and his indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But he says as soon as he became saved and even filled the Holy Spirit... The feeling, and I think a lot of us can relate to this, that he felt was immense agape love for everyone in the room. Just felt love for people. Also, once you become saved, doesn't mean you don't sin, but when you sin, you immediately feel bad about it. And you have regret in your heart. What is that pointing to? That's pointing to your inner man no longer being a slave to sin. Come on, that's good news. You are now a slave to righteousness. Before you were saved, you couldn't even do anything righteous. It was constantly intermingled with dross. But now you are literally a slave to righteousness. You are a servant in his household. And so you like get joy out of doing that. But when you do sin, something grieves on the inside. This is a key that I'd never saw before. That your inner man is pure. That would have messed me up. Let's read one more. I got a couple more, but I want to read this. This is really awesome. Turn to uh, Romans 7. We're going to start in 24. As you get there, 724, this is Paul. He's given this kind of dissertation, this teaching about, and you've all heard it. Um, oh, I do the things that I don't want to do and the things that I want to do, I don't do. And we get that. And it's always been really confusing. I kind of just read past it. I used to. 
Um, cause I'm like, I don't know what he's, he's, he's schizophrenic or something. Um, but <laughs> at the end of seven, the Lord showed me something in revelation this week. And I want to, I want to share it with you. 27, 24. He says this, he says, Oh, wretched man that I am. Oh, wretched man that I am wretched. He's talking about, Oh, sad, uh, burdened. He's not talking about sinful. He's talking about like he is burdened by this. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? I am sad, Lord. I am burdened by this. Who is going to deliver me from this body of death? And I read this commentary in my Bible and it says it paints. It says Paul is painting this picture of a man. And this man is literally chained to a corpse. Did you catch that? This man who is a walking around alive person is chained to a corpse and they are upset about it. And the Lord says, this is who you are right now. This is what it is. You are a live being. I have made you alive in Christ, but yet you are still chained to this mortal body. That's why Paul says, he says, sin no longer lives within me, but it lives within my members. Sin no longer has place in my heart. It just doesn't. I used to think it did. I used to think when I would sin, I was like, I'm just a bad person. And I'm talking about recently, like when I was getting frustrated, when I was trying to purify myself, I'm like, maybe I'm just a bad seed. Maybe I'm never meant to be pure or whatever. But the Lord shows us that no, you are actually pure, but you're fighting against this body of sin. So what am I saying? I'm saying, do not take, listen to what I say, don't take ownership in the sense of when you sin, do not label yourself as a sinner. Label yourself as someone who is righteous, been redeemed, but they are working out, renewing this body of sin. What does he say? He says this. He says later, and let's go to Romans 12. I want to show, you, show this to you. Romans 12, 1. I beseech, is this too much scripture? We're good? Good, perfect. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your what? Bodies as a living sacrifice. Worthy and, um, I don't remember this. <laughs> uh, holy, acceptable to the service. Yeah. So what is he saying? He's saying this. You are redeemed. Your body is dead. Every, so what, is it, what does it mean then when, when Paul's in, in, in Christ and all this stuff says, pick up your cross, crucify your flesh, this and that, die to yourself, all blah, 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 blah. He's saying this. Offer every single day this mortal body as a living sacrifice. As a sacrifice. Put that thing on the altar. And then leave it there. I used to think I had to put it on the altar and then light the fire and then burn it. But Father, he said this, put it on the altar. I'll do the rest. It's amazing. I, I used to think, I'm like, duh, I can't save myself. So I was okay with, with me coming to him and, and then him shining the light, opening his, light, my, his face shining on my heart and me accepting yes and, 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 and accepting his love. And it was him who did it. But then all, and I used to preach this, okay? Good Lord, the things we used to preach. I used to say this. I said, the, and there's a part of this that is true. I used to say the cross is free, but everything else is gonna cost you something. And there's actually a truth to that. It just looks differently than I thought it did. 
I thought this. I thought after the cross, which was a free gift, that I had to work my way into salvation. Or, sorry, sanctification. I had to purify myself. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why did I, why did I feel that way? Why did I believe that? Why did I believe that I had to start the work and that you would then finish it? Why, like, and he said that he showed me this. And I don't know, anybody has siblings in here that you were close in age with? Nobody. Okay, great. Just me, a lot of single children in here. Wow. Either that or you're sleeping. Man, thank you, Kenny. Um, y'all's mom, so you, you can attest to this maybe. Um, my mom used to walk into my brother and I's room and she would say, all right, I want you to clean this room up. Filthy, clean it up. Okay, pick it up. And then me and my brother would look at each other and like, well, I ain't working until you work. Because, right, anybody else? Like, I didn't want to do any more work than he did. The Lord says, you think that that's what I'm like. He said, that's what you think I'm like. You think that I don't want to do any more work than you do. And I'll start working when you start working. He said, was that, is that how, is that who I am? And I'm like, no, Lord, that's not who you are. Because that's not who he is. He pursued me in this relationship. So why, after I come to him, would it be any different? The prodigal son comes to him. And, and, and he comes, and, and I love this. Oh, man, I, don't, I want, I don't, I, there's another time. But um, he comes, and he says, like, Father, I just want to be a servant in your household. And the father completely negates He's like, the, the son's coming back as a slave. He's like, I want to come back just as a slave. That's all I deserve, which is a great truth. The father never addresses lies. So he, the son's like, just to be a slave. And the father, read it. He completely ignores what he's saying. He says, bring the fattened calf. Bring the robe. Bring the ring. Bring the sandals. What is he saying? The father pursues, and also the father runs. He runs, and after he even caught him, then he still pursues and clothes. So not only, because I believe this, I believe the father would run after me on the road as I'm walking to him, but then I believe I had to go pick up the shoes. I had to pick up the robe. I had to pick up the ring. But no, he says, even in my lies, even in the things that I was believing, which weren't true, he says, bring the robe, bring the ring, bring the sandals. This changed for me how I approach purity. I want to give you some practicals now. And I begin to speak to the Lord even before I met with this pastor who, who helped me walk through some stuff. It was amazing. Some of the things the Lord was speaking to me. I was like, Lord, then what, what do I do? How, how, how? I get it. I, I, it's done. But I don't, I want to be a better father. I don't want to lose my temper with my kids. I have that desire. So what can I do? What do I, what should I do? Just tell me the direction to walk in and I'll walk. One of the things he said to me was this. He says, it cannot be understated the significance of knowing and accepting the truth. I want to pull you back to um, Romans I think it's in seven. No, yeah, Romans 6, 11. So this is right after we were reading earlier when he talks about you are dead to sin and you are alive in God through the burial resurrection. He says this, 6, 11. He says, likewise, you also reckon, reason, tell yourself, like convince yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but be alive in God, Christ Jesus our Lord. 
he showed me this and he showed, then he showed me in scripture, he says, it cannot be understated the truth and the significance of you just telling yourself that this is the truth. What does Paul says? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If my spirit is pure and my spirit is transformed, where is the last battleground really gonna be held? It's in my mind. Bill Johnson says the last true battle for the, for the Christian is between the ears, is your mind. The first step, this is your first practical, the first tool I wanna give you is this. You have to come to a place where you believe this is true. It happened for me. When I read that scripture about being chained to a corpse, I began to weep because the Lord downloaded this truth in my heart and it sank below my head into my heart. And it, he said it cannot be understated that you have to accept this is true. What does that look like? It looks like when I sin today, when I probably lose my temper, get impatient, whatever, that I have to tell myself, Tyler, this is not your nature any longer. I don't try to push it down like I'm going to do better next time. That's what I used to do. It's this. That is not your nature. You speak life to it. You speak truth. When truth comes in, the lies cannot stand. It's just like what happened when the Lord spoke. He said, purity. I want, I'm calling you to purity. My false revelation of what that looked like could no longer live. So when we speak the words of Jesus, false realities in our hearts and minds can no longer live. It cannot be understated the significance of speaking truth to this issue. You have to solidify in yourself and know that you are truly dead to sin. And the only thing you're doing now is just offering up this mortal body as a sacrifice and trusting him. That's the other thing he said to me. He said, the other reason you used to believe what you believe was this. He said, if you, he said, you did not trust me. You thought that if you didn't start the work that I never would. And what that comes down to is a lack of trust. When my wife and I were first married, she had a lot of issues. <laughs> I'm just playing, kind of. No, and I'm just playing. So like everybody, hey, married people in here, you get it, okay? All the husbands are like, don't, don't. I'll do it too much, okay? I love you. You can't get me, see? <laughs> and if she runs up here, Boone's gonna tackle her, okay? <laughs> In our first year of marriage, I tried so hard to change her. Amen? I was like, oh, I gotta like help her. And, <laughs> and can I tell you, it made things worse husbands amen like it just doesn't work when you try to change the Lord spoke to me one day he says you're trying to change her because you don't believe I will you don't trust me to do a new thing in her to, to work in her so you feel like if you don't do it no, nothing's gonna happen or I don't trust her goes back to this I felt that if I didn't start the purification process no one would in my heart I had to reason I had to reckon myself dead to sin. That's the first thing is tell yourself every day. This is true. Second thing is this pray, pray. It cannot be understated the power of prayer because like then you're like, okay, other than record, what can I do? You pray. I, I've told this to my when I was a youth pastor and, and other people. I've said this for years. There was a moment in my life where I knew 
I had a desire to love God. I just knew I didn't love him as much as I wanted to. Does that make sense? It's like, like, oh, I see people and they have a, a love for you. I want that. But I just know if I'm being honest with myself, it's not there. And so for two years, uh, it was a, is a part of my daily prayer life that I would just say, Father, teach me to love you. Teach me to love you. And he said, the principle is the same. Pray and say, Lord, purify me. Purify me. And what is that? That is literally offering up your body as a sacrifice. You're saying, Lord, I give it to you again today. Offer it up. Purify this body of flesh, which sin lives with its members. Purify it. All you can do is pray. And I had to come to the realization, and I hope that like you, like, Proverbs says you can learn from a fool's mistakes and, and, and encounter to his wisdom that you can't purify yourself. It has to be him. It has to be him. In the old, I'm going to end with this. In the Old Testament, because I've said this from this stage, and I want to, in a way, correct it. I've said in the, in the Old Testament, they would come out and say, Israel, purify yourself, cleanse yourself sanctify yourself because tomorrow the Lord's going to whatever. And I would say, we need to, we need to do this. We need to purify ourselves. <laughs> the problem is the Lord says, when my son died, there is no longer a need for the sacrifice of lambs and bulls. Cause that's what they would do. They would sacrifice or they would follow traditional like cleansing ceremonies. He says, when he died, that went away. And so what do we do now? We still gather around the lamb that was sacrificed. They would sacrifice a bull, a lamb, a calf that was pure. The difference is now the lamb has been sacrificed. We still gather around the sacrifice. Purity still flows from the mercy seat. And so our only job now is to come unto the mercy seat and say, purify me, Jesus. We no longer need to put the lamb up there. He put himself there. It is now just our job to sit and say, I am a willing sacrifice. Purify me. Amen. Can you stand? Wow. I just want to tell you that the enemy hates this word this morning. <laughs> he hates this word. You don't know this, but when I walked up here, I had my notes pulled up. When I walked back up here, my notes were gone. So everything you just heard was off the dome. Okay. <laughs> and there's just been things that's happened. He hates this word. But he longs for it to plant itself deep in your heart. So can we just close our eyes and receive right now? Yeah, you can play whatever, bro. Just close our eyes and receive. Mm. Holy Spirit, we love you. Mm. Lord, our desire for purity comes from the longing to attend to you. We just want to attend to you, Jesus. We just want to draw close. I want you to, in this moment, 
have a moment with the Lord. Every person. And I want you to ask him, Lord, where in my heart? For some of you, this, this revelation is like, I've believed that for years. For some of you, this is brand new. But I just right now feel the Holy Spirit giving a grace to speak truth to lies. That's what I feel is happening right now. So we're just gonna take a moment and I ask you, would you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal any lies that you have been believing in your heart about the Lord, about yourself? And then once you have that lie standing in front of you, say, Jesus, what do you say? And he's gonna speak truth to the lie. And it's your job to say amen. So just right now, we ask you, Holy Spirit, speak to hearts. Reveal lies, God, even in my heart, in my mind. Show me, Jesus, the things that I cannot take into the new season. Just begin to ask him now. Let him speak to you. agreement today. Agreement with the truth. That we would come into agreement with the truth who is a person. His name is Jesus. And we would say, yes, I plant myself on this firm foundation. Jesus. identify lies, I just ask that you would surrender those to him. Once he identifies the lie, your only requirement is to say, Jesus, this is yours, because you paid for that. I know this is hard for a lot of people because you've probably gone to church for 20 years where they've been telling you you're a piece of garbage, but you can't, you can't have Jesus die for you and be a piece of garbage. He, does, he doesn't, like, he doesn't work that way. And so th there needs to be a, a switch that changes in your mind where maybe you've sat under some bad preaching and they've told you, you're this and you're that. Just let Jesus break that right now. You're like, well, what if I mess up? Well, join the club. Tyler already gave you practicals. You look at yourself in the mirror and you say, I don't know why you acted that way. That's not who I am. And you begin to speak. Words are powerful. Some of us are in the way place we are right now because of the words we've spoken. And the words we've come into agreement with as things were spoken over us. 
So I'm gonna ask you one question as we close. If Jesus walked up on this stage right now and he spoke to this bottle of water and he said, become Kool-Aid, what's gonna happen to that bottle of water? We, we can all agree this is no longer water. That's purple drink. So like, so like, why do we have such issue reading through Romans 6 where Jesus says you are no longer a slave to sin, but you are now righteous, but we won't believe that. We all agreed that Jesus can turn water into Kool-Aid, but he can't do anything with your life. There has to be a shift. If the truth sets us free, it sets us free in every part of our life. Not just in the addiction, not just in the parts that people can see in every part of our life. So as we're going to do, we're going to pray. I said this in the morning. I've been saying this since pre-service. All we need is agreement. Like all God needs right now is agreement that I'm, I'm going to die to that and say yes to life. So as we pray, I don't believe that you need to manifest a demon. I believe that the Holy Spirit is powerful enough to drive that thing out as long as you say yes. So Father, right now in Jesus' name, we come into agreement with Romans 6 that every single person that has said yes to you is no longer a slave to sin, but is made alive in Christ Jesus. So Father, I ask for a washing away of the old life, the addiction, the mindset, the way they view themselves, the things that have been spoken over them, and that your word, your blood would speak a better word over them. Life, abundance, righteousness, purity, holiness. That that is the inheritance of every person in this room. So Father, right now in Jesus' name, we come into agreement that if I'm made alive in Christ, I can no longer live as depressed. I can't be depressed and be alive in Christ. You say, well, that's how I feel. Allow the Lord to break that right now. The truth sets us free. In every area of our life, Father, break free right now. Poverty mentality broken. In Jesus' name. You're a son of the King. And he's not broke. So, Father, we ask today that more than any emotional moment, that you would seal this in hearts. That we would begin to live from this place. And anytime we do fall short, we thank you that grace is there to restore the standard to we are sons and daughters, but that's not who we are. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone said amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Pastor Tyler, good job. I challenge you this week, as that word is challenging your heart, that you come into agreement that you are dead to that. I don't care what it takes. Can we do that? Can we agree about that? All right, we'll see you guys next week. There is a meeting for the market day up front. If you want to wait, please wait. Stephanie's going to be leading that. One more thing. If anybody